My name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. Today, my guest is Rucka Rucka Ali. You may have heard of him as he is a top-charting comedy rapper. He and I talk about the use of the N-word. It's a conversation I've had with other people before. It's a, it's a topic I find really fascinating and actually more important than most people would think with respect to how we treat language, concepts, and thought. I really wanted to talk to him about it as he's gotten in a lot of, let's call it, trouble with YouTube, not just for this, but he heavily uses this word and refers to himself with this word as well. So we really dive deep into exploring this topic and understanding why does he use it? Why do some people get offended by it? Is there a right answer? Is there a particular right way to approach this word or other words that have sometimes negative connotation? I think it's really interesting because fundamentally what it comes down to me is you cannot have your cake and eat it too. If a certain group of people wants to quote, take back a word and own a word in a certain way, I don't think they can make rules for different groups of people accordingly. So we talk about examples from the homosexual community, from the Jewish community, from the black community, and how they treat different words based on if they want to, them used or not. It's a really interesting conversation and Rucka has some really good insights and it's interesting to pick his brain around how he thinks about his use of it and is it different than others or not. We also talk a bit more broadly about the use of comedy generally in terms of pushing the line. Is there a different line that's acceptable for comedy or not? And how do we navigate all of this in a seemingly very difficult time right now publicly? It's a really interesting conversation and I think Rucka's a great guest. And I think you'll enjoy it as well. As always, if you like the show, please subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app and consider supporting us at thesafespace.ca. Hey, thanks for joining me. Sure. Um, so I'm really interested to just kind of understand more about your, your MO and, and your, your music. Uh, uh, I don't know much about you generally. I've seen some of your stuff and your... I know there's like kind of you're at war with YouTube, but in particular, I'm interested in your use of language. Like that's something I find really fascinating. You call yourself the N word. You use it a lot. Um, and I'm interested in why that is. And uh, I don't I don't recall a time I've used that word, but um, you you have some questions. What's funny to me I, sort of is we like uh, before we're recording this, we recorded an episode of uh, together. I don't know if we're allowed to mention that other universe, you know, it's like Marvel and DC, but no, no, it's we, all on the same network. Oh, good. We, we talked about addiction and recovery. And with that, I have so much decisive, like I have a point of view. I have like a theory, you know, in a way I have like, um, I'm, you know, I, I have like, I have a lot of stuff I can't wait to say. And then when it comes to like explaining why I find certain things funny and why I write certain things, that's like so much, less understood by me like it's well that that's the whole point of this but that's the space. point yeah this is the safe space so i just pick something that either i value or they value and we just try yeah. and talk about it and understand it we try i've and never been i've value. actually never been allowed in the safe space before so it's nice to uh to be here it's nice um yeah so so i understand that yeah you don't have it all like you know top of hand uh you know top of mind uh thought out but i'm interested because I've really struggled with even just like, am I comfortable using the N-word? Are there contradictions in the idea that black people can use it, but white people can't? 
I've talked to a black friend who says it's fine. And then my white friends get mad at that black guy. So it's a really interesting thing. And, and I'm interested in your thoughts, your use of it and language generally. Um, I mean, you know, it's the most commonly used word in the English language. You know, you go into any street, not any street. But I mean, it's 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 you. I mean, let's look. There's it. Look, there's different ways to look at it there. I mean, there are different aspects there's different angles on this issue. And I'm not, again, I'm not like a theoretician. I'm like, what's okay to say and by whom? Um, I know that for, I'll say, artistic purposes, when I know a certain lyric needs to be there for it to fulfill the purpose of that particular piece, then I, it's out of my hands. It needs to be in there. So that's that. But in terms of, if you look at it in this one sense, if you would have told people, like if you were to speak to someone from another planet and say, okay, there's a, the most advanced civilization in history where the most popular music in that culture features the N-word constantly with a soft, you know, a soft A, but nonetheless. Yeah. But a certain majority of the population is not permitted to sing along to that word or to, or to emulate that language. They'd be like, I don't get it. Like, but but I think um, the world I'd like to see someday, and I'm not like I'm not telling anyone to go out and start fulfilling this right now. But the world I'd like to see in is one where individualism is uh, is the norm, where people they they just don't think in terms of collectives, you know. And maybe in that world, most people will be of mixed race anyway, and it won't even matter that much. But um, uh, I just I I, th I think the world can become a place where. It's just not a big deal who says what, because uh, most people just have they have no proximity to, to being racist. It's just not a, it's just not on anybody's mind. But I understand that's not the world we live in. And also, yeah. like what I kind of do in as a as a as a creative writer, as an entertainer, what I do qua entertainer on the Internet, by the way, the Internet is like a a certain theater. You know, it's a. It's it's like a new uh, arena that just didn't exist beforehand, mm -hmm. um, where there's a certain type of uh, culture on it. Um, what I do, qua entertainer, is not necessarily something uh, other people can do. You know, when I started making entertainment that I was posting online, I had I don't know twenty years of being me up until then. And part of being me means being the guy who's always looking for the humor and things, being the guy who likes to say kind of outrageous things and kind of test it out, being the guy who just kind of gets away with saying stuff. So, and being really, I don't know, being kind of funny. I mean, not everyone thought I was funny, but, but that's, it was just kind of part of who I was. And, and I kind of learned how to kind of express myself in a certain way and get people laughing. You know, once people are laughing, it's kind of too late to get angry. Right. Sort of. So I, but I kind of brought that with me. So in a way it's like, I'm a doctor, you know, like he's, he's, he's bring, brings credentials with him into the operating room. You know, it's not, not anyone could just take his tools and, and be a doctor, you know? Yeah. So that's interesting. I have a few different, like I have a few different thoughts. One, I had a very, very short lived rap career, as you know. Um, and, um, there was like, I was encouraged by my black rapper friend to be more aggressive. And I had like instances where I used the word player in, in place of what he would have put as the N word. And I was like, well, I, I didn't feel comfortable using, using that word. Um, but I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. In this, like, 
because there's this idea now that comedy has its limits, right? And you shouldn't be insensitive. For me, the issue was always like the, the one issue that I had a hard time laughing at was Holocaust humor because, you know, my grandparents survived the Holocaust. It was a touchy thing growing up and stuff. And for some people, you know, they, they have the same thing with the N-word. It's like the history of slavery and all of this stuff. But, but there's like so many different dynamics. The two I want to kind of touch on is, one, is that true? Is there a limit to like what can be laughed at? Or is it too soon to make X joke or Y joke? But also, I, I really am confused and want to get your thoughts on the, the use of language as well. Um, because I find, like you said, the idea that we can't say a certain word or a certain subset of the population. I was like, well, so if I'm listening to rap music, should I not think it? Am I not allowed to think the N-word while I'm listening to it being said every third syllable? Um, because it, it seems almost destructive to my mind to, to say I can't do that. Um, yeah. What do, what do you think? Um, I, what, 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 what were you saying right before, um, the limits of humor and is there, yeah, something, I mean, that's like a, the N word is a really, mm -hmm. cause there's, there's both the aspect of, okay, the N word as such, and then you brought up, well, if it's used in humor, right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, are those two different issues? Is it the same issue? I mean, I, again, like I, you know, like, uh, uh, I'm like a, a racing driver. I'm like a, a NASCAR driver, a lot of NASCAR driver, a lot of NASCAR drivers, you ask them about the art of driving and they're at a loss for words. Same with, you know, football well, players. So I guess I'm asking about how you think about yeah, it. Yeah. But um, I'm just sort of framing it in that a lot of people who do something, they're not necessarily the best person to articulate how it all works. So like some fantasy football gamblers could make a much better prediction over who's going to win versus the actual players in the, in the right. NFL. Yeah, for yeah. Instance. Um, but just, just to zoom out the, the premise is I, I want to understand why people, how people think to come to the conclusions they do. So mm -hmm. you've decided it's acceptable to say the N word in your comedy. I'm wondering if you think that's, separate or the same conclusion as whether or not it's acceptable to use generally and if different why in your thinking um i mean well you you mentioned the holocaust and that kind of got my antennas like that got me thinking because when i was younger like i was surprised anyone could joke about the holocaust but a lot of people do. And I, I don't just mean in like the schoolyard, like Mel Brooks in his movies, like, you know, res Woody Allen, like respected leader trailblazers of comedy in America have done so. And so I was like, OK, on one hand, this is like the most like horrifying thing ever. But at the same time, like entertainers and thoughtful thinkers, they're going there. And um you know, people like Lenny Bruce also, he was the sort of trailblazer of using the N-word. Like he got up on stage um, and uh, he said, like, he said, like, imagine if JFK, the president at the time, imagine if JFK said, I'd like to introduce you to my cabinet to the, of, of N-words or the N-words in my cabinet. And he sent the word. And even though this is the safe space, I'm going to, uh, 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 you know, to turn away the, the, the privilege for now, for now. Um, 
So Lenny, you know, Lenny Bruce, he goes, what if JFK said that? What if JFK said, I'd like to introduce my cabinet of N-words? That word would lose all its power right then, said Lenny Bruce. Um, so I guess I thought I saw that it was being done as I was sort of getting older and reaching adolescence. And then I saw that shows like South Park were just going for the outrageousness and also Family Guy. They were going for outrageous. And I saw I, I, so for me, I don't know if everyone um, I guess not everyone sort of uh, enters this whole uh, issue the same, with the kind of with the same kind of M.O. as I do. But I think my M.O. since I've been young is to kind of understand the American culture, the American mindset. Like what it, like who is America? I was originally uh, born in Israel and in a very religious, like tight knit community. So to me, like the world I saw on TV when I got a, a glimpse of it or in movies was like a different. You might as well be a different universe. And as I and, and I moved to the U.S. as I was getting growing up and ended up. Uh, going to public school in in 10th grade and on. So like I had to really lobby to, to make that happen. And, and my mission was always like, I want to understand like Americans, like what makes Americans who they are. And, um, and this sort of um, irreverence in comedy, this irreverence in entertainment seemed to be a big part of it. And in the, the friends that I made and, and today I can look back and say, okay, not all of that is sort of inherently American. A lot of that might be the sort of unhealthy developments of the American culture. But kind of what I do in entertainment a lot of the time, I think, is I sort of mirror the sort of culture. Like I sort of take what I see in the news or in the culture and I sort of re restate it in a way that I think someone could uh, seriously apologize for. They could really say what this guy is doing is 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 social commentary and so even though i sort of i hesitate to kind of justify it on those grounds i think somebody really could they could say like what what this guy is doing is he's sort of uh restating what he's seeing stated in the culture in a way that makes the absurdity so apparent that people re they rethink racism they rethink stereotyping they rethink you know using outrageous language when it's not you know not necessary when it's not uh, a serious moment. So I guess, uh, like, yeah, it, it was sort of like this quest to understand the American people and, um, and, and also this sort of interest in culture and kind of, uh, encapsulating culture and sort of packaging it and presenting it, uh, through, through a certain lens. And, uh, my sort of entertainer character is sort of like this all American kind of, um, like oversexed, drugged out, like, um, you know, uneducated, total brute who just <laughs> is on one hand, like yelling, like, why am I being censored? Why am I? Well, you know, why has everyone got a problem with me? What did I ever do? And then at this and the other breath is like pushing buttons and crossing the line when it's so unnecessary. So this sort of um, this sort of like uh, starting a fight on one hand, but then playing the victim the next moment is sort of like the character I've crafted. And it, it kind of gives me an opportunity to, to reflect and introspect and say, well, am I actually living that way in real life? Like, do I make myself a victim? And yeah, like it's, it's uh it's a rich thing to sort of introspect. I'm like, yeah, you know what, as much as it's a character, I, I, I really do in a certain sense, like I kind of pit myself against the world and then make myself a victim of the world. So it's, um, 
it's uh, as you can see, there, there's a lot to explore that I'm sort of figuring it, figuring out just as we're talking about. No, and, and that makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate it because it provides a good framing and, and a good context for kind of zoning in on not that we not that I expected to focus totally on like the N word, but I do find it really fascinating. It's almost like a litmus test or something. Um, I mean, I think the F word as it's used uh, to disparage the gay community is kind of worse sort. I mean, really? worse, better. I mean, it's so socially it's worse just because like you never hear it anywhere anymore. Like and maybe you do uh, like in the in the schoolyard, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you, you hear it as you're walking down the street. But but um, but the N word, like I said, it's the most commonly used word in the American culture. You turn on music, you hear it, you go in many streets and and meet many people and they they use it casually so there's that extra like confusing dynamic sur- surrounding the n-word but the you know the f slur is um you know it's just kind of hurtful like it's 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 a mean word that no one really uses so obviously the solution to that is either to stop using it completely or better yet for gay people to start using it casually so that it's not so uh nasty anymore Right. And, and there's so, so there's two words that come to mind in terms of like, you know, building out this circle. So queer has been like readopted by the, the LGBTQ communities to some degree. Right. Some people say they've taken it back because that used to be a really big slur. Mm-hmm. And on this on the flip side, I won't say it, but there's a word for Jews that starts with a K that. Uh, do you know? I know the word. Yeah. 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 Um, it's kike. Right. It's kike. Not, yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, so, but Jews never like call themselves that and then ask no one else to either. Cause it's like, either it's acceptable and you readopt it or you say, no, it's not acceptable. We prefer if no one used it, but with the N word, it seems like it's, they want to have their cake and eat it too, right? Oh, it's unacceptable for anyone else to use it, but we've readopted it for us. Um, you know, and I don't think, in, I try not to think in those collective terms. One thing you brought up earlier is that, you know, we're a society of individuals, but some people might reply, yeah, but individuals are hurt when you say yeah. it, you're hurting them. Um, and so it's this really bizarre context, it seems, that to me doesn't make any sense, right? Um, but that's because you're white. I mean, it's uh, it's like, I'm, yeah, like uh, someone could definitely push back against what I've said, which is why I sort of hesitate to kind of flesh out a theory of what's okay to say and say like, oh, it's individualism. Um, like individualism just means a pass to just like completely um, hurt people. No, definitely so, not, right. I mean, it's, um, again, like what what an entertainer does is a is a choice and to the degree people enjoy it and consume it, it's quote working and, you know, Proceed with caution. It is heavy machinery. Words are heavy machinery. So um, I am like a doctor the way I see it. So I, I could use the word kike. I probably have. I've, I've you know, I've used all every word there is. Mm. Um, but, you know, the the context is that the, the type of entertainment is by nature abrasive. And whether that type of entertainment should exist, you know, obviously I have my position on it. I enjoy producing it. I find it very funny and uplifting. So I think it should, but uh, I could, I'm, it's pr- completely conceivable to me that the sort of objective take like view of what man can 
like is most is most capable of in in his greatest form in terms of the best life he can live just includes just kind of turning away from this type of um um smut that may very well be the case um but smut so. is like words as such are not negative or positive smutty or not they refer to concepts and mm-hmm. like it's just like what is the association what is the context but the whole argument is that the context can change if we want it to but with the n word there there's a, an idea that well we should have different contexts based on race right like that's the thing i struggle with well i wonder how much of that it ha- is sort of rational that double standard is it a fair double standard like look if you're the if you're a, a member of a group who has been a victim of that word and it was used and it, and you've had like historical memories attached to that. Then you have one set of acceptable behavior versus people who look like the oppressor. It's um, I don't know how much of that is rational versus how much of that is sort of the workings of what they call critical race theory and uh, postmodernism and just modern philosophy altogether, which, which tends to, ultimately bring us to collectivism and often in modern America, racial collectivism, because they take um, the intellectuals take the legitimate, they often take legitimate issues such as that racism is evil. And they lump that with, you know, white people can't say this and blacks are always the victims and whites are oppressing blacks without realizing it. So they kind of, um, and they can't communicate these two groups They're They're living in different universes. Basically they, they cannot communicate so they 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 blend, um, and most importantly, in that worldview is that the moral the moral thing to do if you're white is to flat self you know flagellate is the word to whip yourself, and the moral thing to do as a black man is to see yourself as part of the group, see yourself as part of the tribe, and to make that your moral calling to give back and help the community and uplift up the community. So. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, just like um, just like um, other irrational um, like philosophies, let's say religion, they take the legitimate issue that that man needs spiritual values and he needs a purpose and he needs something to kind of tie his values together. And unfortunately, they tie that to irrational mysticism and so on. So um, whenever there's an irrational philosophy, nihilism, even there's there's no there. I don't think there's any just pure nihilism or the the nihilist would just be laying there and, and not breathing. I mean, there's, there's often like, uh, environmentalism ties itself to rational concerns, but they blend it with a very, very, um, um, inverse view of the relationship of man to nature, I guess I'll put it Mm -hmm. as. So whenever there's an irrational philosophy, here's a useful exercise. Look at what, say, what is the kernel of truth in this? Like what is the legitimate issue that they're holding on to? So, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, whites can't say the N-word, blacks can say the N-word, it's, um, there's a kernel of validity in there. The question of how much of this sort of double standard comes from a rational place versus not is, is a tough question. I, I'm not going to be able to answer. But, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't see myself as like part of any race, really. I see myself as like just me, you know. Well, that's just your privilege, that's, I mean, of course, I mean, we're joking, but that is in the sort of critical race theory that individualism right. equals racism. So right. you can't, you can't uh, even solve the problems that ail mankind when, when your very existence and a, and a, an objectivity is now a problem. 
Yeah. What? So like you, you said, like when there's something like this, we have to try and find what's the kernel of truth. And, you know, there's a theory uh, or, or an idea I've heard, like, you know, just look at what it's accomplishing. For me, I try and always go to the meta level. When I'm dealing with a social issue, I try and go to the meta level. And so it's like, okay, you and I have just spent some time talking about the N-word. And then like, okay, look at look at someone analyzing you and I talking about the N-word. And the same people who would say, we can't say it. Many of them would say, how dare we even think it's worth talking about? We don't have a right to even ask that question. It's not for, we don't have the ability to think rationally about this because we don't have the proper context to even talk about this issue. And then what's the kernel of truth in what they're saying there? The, now we're just gonna, the, the kernel of truth is we can't actually know the feeling of the oppression of being labeled in that way with the negative word. But that- well, I, I can't, I can, but you can't. You, but, um, you can, but I can't. No. But that excludes the context of, but someone's feeling isn't a primary. They've been taught to feel a certain way to the specific word. And I feel like that's where the rubber hits the road, so to speak, if that's the right analogy. Because, um, for example, I brought up earlier and you thought it was funny. I had a conversation. It's on my old YouTube channel with my black friend about whether or not it's OK to say the N word. And a white guy messaged me how maddening it was. How dare I think that conversation's still open for discussion? Meanwhile, the black guy agreed with me. And so it's like it, it's this it, it feels like I'm entering this like bizarro world and for me, it's like when I go to the meta level, who's against the very idea of thinking about the issue? If they're against that, I tend to think they're on the wrong side of it. That's mm -hmm. the way I, I often think of it. Um, what do you think of that framing? Um, I mean, uh, it's hard to say exactly what I think of it. It's like... Um, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, like, uh, you know, it's it's hard to explain. To Sometimes the part of the context is just like growing up in a certain decade. You know, I think you're a little younger than me, but like mm. the comedy that was popular in the 90s and two, early 2000s was just like, that's it. Like you push buttons and having like comedians next to each other using that type of language is part of what makes it a fascinating uh, experience. Um, I yeah. I remember seeing like Chris Rock and uh, Louis C.K. or something talking to each other and just calling one another uh, the N-word oh, and yeah. like that kind of thing. And it's just very casual. Um, grow yeah, I think the context of, you know, obviously the kind of PC culture is quite on overdrive at the moment. I remember growing up, I, uh, I had an alliance in Foursquare on the school ground and it was me, a Vietnamese guy and a black guy. And we called ourselves the Wigger N-word C.H. blank alliance and it was not like i wasn't saying the n-word as an offensive thing it was just a word that i heard him and his friends use and i used it too um and it was just a different context but i think people um i don't know maybe i was a super racist grade six uh and i just didn't know it it was that implicit racism you know the question of where that comes from is a good question like why do sixth graders uh find these words so fun to say a lot of them is that because rappers that say it <laughs> Yeah, but where does that, like, what makes that popular? Is it nihilism in the culture or is it just a sort of healthy, is it healthy or is it is it horrifying or is it neither of those things is a good question. Um, I, uh, you know, if you listen to Chris Rock's comedy from the 80s, 
like he sounds like a hardcore uh, conservative the way he talks about criminals. Like he's saying criminals should be like brutally punished. Um, you know, and the way Chris Rock talks about criminals in the, in the, those old comedy sketches, like if anyone said that today, they'd be set, they'd be called like a just an insanely far right racist conservative that wants to like it but this was chris rock mm. and he, i mean he's at he has other comedy uh routines he used to do that he doesn't anymore which is an interesting topic in of itself mm. patrice o'neill was also like he was a big advocate of like any comedian can say anything they want and that's that's what comedy is um yeah i don't know if there's like a point i'm making um but uh but but uh like to the the person who got angry at you and they said, like, what makes you think this is even a, even still on the table to talk about? I mean, what makes your friends so interested in, in what you think and what you're talking about? Like, your friend needs to be more selfish. Live your own life. Like, have your own values and, uh, and look for the best you can get out of life. So th- this, um, this preoccupation in our culture today with, like, uh, helping the downtrodden, I think, is unhealthy. It's, it doesn't come from an authentic place. It comes from a desire to control people more than anything and um and people that are actually independent and passionate about life they don't have time to uh to lecture everybody else on what they're allowed to think and say so yeah um, it almost it makes me think of why are people so scared of this question like there's such an anger when it's talked about and it's like why is it if if they're right or if it's not an issue why be so scared of it I mean, yeah, that's definitely one way to frame the question. And another, but another, but an a-, a possible answer to that is, is like, look, you know exactly what the N word is. You know exactly what it means. And there are people whose family kind of family um, tremors, you know, go back to a time when like you were not treated as a person when that word was being said. So you cannot, and still to this day, a lot of them would say that blacks are treated as second class citizens. So right the the issue I have though is that if I honestly and sincerely say no I I understand your points I don't I haven't made up my mind yet I want to talk about it more so I can understand mm-hmm. and they say that's not acceptable cuz I am confused why it's okay for rappers to use it can I think it if I'm writing a screenplay can I have a white character say it and like you know if I'm sincerely and genuinely interested and they find that to be problematic, you know, that's, that's where I draw, uh, where I have an issue, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, it is an issue and uh, nothing should be off the table to discuss and to understand. Um, And it, it is, it is the case that the world as it ought to be would be like, we'll get there when, when everyone gets to sort of ask what they want to ask and to understand what they want to understand. And, and that's not the world we live in. And I do think ultimately um, we are largely influenced by philosophy, by intellectuals in the culture, whether we're studying directly from them in a classroom or else we're consuming art that's produced by people who sat in their classroom, whatever it is, we're highly influenced by philosophical uh, messaging we get. And this view that like, oh, you, you may never even contemplate the N-word. Like it's no, you have no, you know, I think that has its uh, its roots in the way that philosophy is influencing people today. And the only way to 
get away from that type of thing is to offer a better philosophy in its stead. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I have one last question for you. Something I heard once, I just want to get your take on, that Quentin Tarantino must be super racist because he always, like the whole purpose of all of his films is just for him to use the N-word as much as possible. That sounds like something I would accuse him of as a joke. But um, um, that scene in, in Pulp Fiction where he's just like saying the N-word in front of Samuel Jackson, but the, what they're talking about is like, there's a dead body in my garage. Like my values are at stake. My black wife is going to like leave me when she comes home. Um, it, it, it To me, it, that scene just sort of... Um, it gives me like this sort of sense of like just camaraderie, like individuals with their specific values bonding over shared values. And unfortunately, those two characters, their shared value is, you know, not wanting to get caught with a dead body. And they're both criminals. Uh, presumably that's Quentin is as well. That's how they know each other. Yeah, they're partners, whatever. Um, yeah, but like I, I, I see myself a lot like Quentin Tarantino, not only in the way I, I kind of push boundaries with the language, but um but he's been called a master of genre. And I sort of see myself the same way. Like I, I kind of look at like kind of the genres, either like kind of music, music genres, or just kind of like archetypes, like per, like people, like just ways of, of looking at things and kind of like, I like to like capture it and kind of present it in my own way. So, um, you know, it's been said that he just makes movies about other movies, which is, he takes issue with that, you know, it's like, but it's sort of true in a, a lot of the time. Like just he, like he, Kung Fu, movie, you know, Kill Bill. It's a movie about Kung Fu movies. Mm -hmm. um, the high, uh, the Reservoir Dogs. It's a movie about movies. It's a movie about heist movies. A and it's kind of like Tarantino saying, like, I love movies so much. Like, here's my version of a, of a historical revenge film. Here's my version of, of a Kung Fu movie. And... Um, Here's my version of a um, a grindhouse, uh, whatever mm. death proof thing, yeah, grindhouse movie. Um, and I sort of do that, I think, with pop music and rap, but really with pop, like with pop culture. I sort of I and with and with the news, I kind of like take what's happening. I sort of like abstract something from it, and often what I, what I'm abstracting from the news is not really the point. It's so so. Um, the sort of overemphasizing a certain detail is sort of the joke. And that's kind of what makes it so uh, ridiculous and therefore enjoyable to many people. Cool. Well, thanks for, uh, for doing this. Where can people uh, find your, where's the best place to find your, your music, your work? I think ruckusworld.com is uh, the best kind of one-stop place to, or just look me up on YouTube, but uh, you know, after hearing about some of the, the feedback you get for this alleged safe space, uh, the angry emails you get, I don't know if I want to be hearing from the same guy, but anyway. All right. Thank you.